just a little note to say that the sound quality in this recording isn't where I would like it to be. But hey, I'm recording remotely and sometimes you've just got to roll with these things. Please enjoy my chat with the amazing Hannah Taylor of The Delicate Rebellion. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. I'm so delighted to do this with you. I feel like I know you, even though I totally oh, don't. Oh, that's like so nice. The joys of the, Insta- of the Instagram world and just like falling down a rabbit hole of, <laughs> of all the loveliness that you create. Oh, thank you. So I will say that I am chatting to Hannah Taylor. And Hannah is, I mean, the everything that is the delicate rebellion, uh, independent print magazine with creatives at its heart. I'm just quoting you there, Hannah. Just Go right ahead. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't put it any better to be here. <laughs> and uh, I think I was first introduced to your magazine, She Is Fierce, by my friend Deborah, who had kindly gifted me a couple oh, of issues. And I was just like, what? That's nice. <laughs> yes, it is beautiful. I know it was nice, isn't it? And she kindly was like, pass it to her friends, and then I gave it to my friend Michaela, who was like totally oh. in love with it. So yeah, so just being spreading the love. And I think that must have been maybe, I don't know. How long have you been doing this, Hannah? Yeah, there was four issues printed of She Is Fierce and they were um they just kinda popped along sporadically because I was working full time um as well and it was it you know, it was quite a lot to to produce and bring everything together, um, as well as everything else that goes alongside trying to raise funds to print a magazine. So yeah, I think it was I, I actually think it was the tail end of two thousand and sixteen we kinda just launched issue one and then summer two thousand seventeen and then we had a bit of a year off as well, just because it was too much. Lisa, you'll know as well, like trying to produce things on the side of trying to keep food on the table is is hard. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine like I mean, obviously we'll, we'll get into it, but I can only begin to imagine what is involved in creating a magazine. You know, an actual physical magazine, that's the thing, like, you know, as someone who loves to read a book rather than on a Kindle or, you know, like, the, the, you know, the physical as, you know, aspect of sitting down with a magazine and taking that time and appreciating all the work that's gone into it, like, I can't even imagine what is involved, but... What was like the inspiration for starting the magazine? Well, I was working in a publisher for a good few years and I really kind of got into the process of production. I really enjoyed sort of seeing um, sort of writing, design and images be brought together to produce something tangible. And that kind of really fascinated me. And I also like the rhythm of it as well, Lisa. Like I'm quite a, I'm a bit of a scatterbrain. I'm a real fidget. I never really sort of sit still. I found it very hard since I had my wee girl to sort of quiet in my mind. And I, so I quite like the rhythm of being able to see something from start to finish and then kind of start all over again in a similar kind of way, like familiar. So when I was at the publishers, I decided to just sort of a hit and hope application to uni to see if I could sort of strengthen my publishing skills and the only course that I could find was a master's in magazine publishing I'd never been to uni before I'd, I'd basically never really even been to college before I, I you know I left school quite young um, I was quite disheartened and um, so I had no no expectation whatsoever of being able to get on this course I actually didn't to, to be fair it was a bit of um, naivety. I didn't really know what a master's was. I just saw the course and thought, oh, that sounds cool. And luckily, they let me on uh, due to my experience um, working in the publisher's office. So uh, that was amazing. But it, it was definitely a, a sort of legally blonde type effort. When I arrived on my first day and I was like, what are these people talking about? Um but yeah, managed to managed to get through it, made some really lovely friends. And then after that, I guess I was looking for 
my dream job then, you know, in magazine publishing. Um, and I was offered a few gigs, but they were down in London. Um, being a single mum, it wasn't really feasible for me to sort of up sticks with a little one in tow um, to work long hours in the big smoke. So I kind of thought, I'll just go start a wee project up here and, you know, just try and learn the ropes. And just I, I was just really conscious that I didn't want all my hard work at uni to kind of go fall by the wayside and um, so I just kind of started it uh, basically just started on Instagram to be honest I didn't actually think it was going to print the first one it was started as like an online zine and then we got quite a lot of submissions like a surprising amount of submissions so I ran a wee kickstarter just because I thought oh you know you could put your design skills to the test here and see if we can print something so yeah our first one um, I printed 300 on newsprint and they all sold out pretty quickly and that just kind of gave me I don't know a wee g up and I thought just go for it girl you know <laughs> that's amazing I mean you've just seen it grow and grow and grow but I can imagine like the more it has grown the more work that's involved yeah absolutely like I just I didn't appreciate at the beginning like the, obviously the first the first one that we put out there was no pressure there was not many eyes on me I was coming at it just from a sort of personal project type of thing. I had some of the the guys from uni who were still kind of finding their feet in the publishing world who were like helping me out as well. So it was kind of just like a fun project that we were all kind of working on remotely from wherever we'd gone back to. But yeah, as it's it it has kind of snowballed and it has impacted my life uh, quite significantly to the point where you know I I quit my job the tail end of 2018 because the workload just got too much it was one of those ones where I thought if I don't you either you either take the full leap and immerse yourself in it completely or it was it it was a case of just shutting it down because I didn't have enough time it was really stressful I wasn't really enjoying it anymore um yeah it was a leap of faith I didn't I didn't want to let all my hard work go to waste and I I knew that people were enjoying the the magazine so um I felt that it it was worth it was worth the risk, you know. Oh well, yeah, hundred percent. I really admire that. Just that total leap of faith. People were obviously interested in the magazine. Were obviously gaining, mm. you know, a fan base. So why not? Why not just dive in? Yeah, and I think with the the kind of people that I feature in the magazine, everyone was doing it, you know. I was really inspired by the people who I was, like, interviewing for the magazine, the people that I was following on Instagram, all of these people. The whole point in the magazine is to kind of showcase the people who have taken the leap and are carving out careers for themselves, ones that make them happy following their passions. And I thought, God, you know, like, you're here trying to do that as well. Like, you, you need to practice what you preach. Yeah, I was definitely massively inspired by all of the people who featured in in the first sort of four and a half issues, if you like, and to just go for it. And what made you like decide to feature creatives in that world? Like, because I guess you could create a magazine about anything. Is that mm. just something that you've always been drawn to and as a creative yourself? To be fair, there was nothing at the time that I, there was nothing out there at the time that I, I could sort of devour that was about these people and I, you know I was getting fed up with the sort of mainstream media's portrayal of like women and their role models that they were putting out there for um for young people and you know I'm you know I have I've got a, a daughter who's now 14 and you know I was really concerned about the the kind of people that were being put in her eye line if you like um and she was she was being kind of coerced into treating these people like the be all and end all you know I want to be famous I want to be on a reality tv show or whatever and you know I have always been a creative person I've always been a bit of a a jack of all trades um you know in design and and writing and drawing and art and cutting things up and so I kind of thought you know when I found this kind of a uh, community on Instagram that these are the people that we should be putting in front of our young people you know these these people have like aspirations and they've they're driven and they're they're passion-led and they're living a life that they want to live and you know sure it's not easy but um it's not always about being the richest you know the richest person at the school reunion it's about being the happiest and I I feel like that was a a huge thing for me it's always been a huge thing for me you know like I just 
all I want in my life is like balance and the ability to do what I love. Which is such an inspiration for your daughter. Like I totally get that, you know, working with young people a lot. Mm. I understand the, the, the trappings of social media oh, and what they're being fed. And, you know, it's fine to say that, yeah, that is one route that mm. that person or those people have gone down. And if that works for them, that's fine. Yeah. But there are other things to aspire to. Here's this big world. Just yeah, what's happening in it. Exactly. It's about offering choice. And I feel like with the sort of um, like influencer culture and celeb, like reality celebrity TV culture, um, it's, it's those who are supported by big brands. So it can almost make your, you know, it doesn't lend itself well to a, a diverse sort of Instagram scroll. And that is where essentially our young people are being influenced from yeah i mean i've spoken to young people and you know they have that conversation mm. like oh what are you thinking about doing i mean i hate asking young people like someone like, i still don't know what i want to do when i grow up why are you asking them but you tend to you know if someone's like oh, i want to be famous i'm like all right cool like for doing what and then there's this sometimes of this pause and you're like yeah all right okay so you just want to be famous but you have stuff at your disposal so you're good at art or you're good at dancing or you can pull a mean outfit together or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Like you can use your brain, you can use your creativity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that might make you famous, but that won't, like you were saying, bring the happiness and the balance and the longevity necessarily, you know, if there's no focus. And yeah, and I like to use it at the start, um, how you're a bit of a fidget yeah. and <laughs> call yourself a scatterbrain. Love that. That's a positive thing because it's that idea of, you're, you yeah. are and you can do it all and I'm sure that's to the detriment of things at, at times and there'll be a way of finding that balance but can you outline a day in the life of running the delicate rebellion because I feel like you just must have so many things in the go so many plates spinning, spinning. yeah <laughs> It really is. And honestly, like I really wish that I could. And often sometimes I really would love to have like a GoPro on for the day because I often feel like that people just think, what the what what does she do all day? But like it's, it's literally nonstop. And I think the fact that I am a bit of a fidget and a scatterbrain probably means that my my endless like chaos during the day could probably be condensed down into a neat sort of five hours work. But the way that my brain works just doesn't allow it. So, you know, we're up early, you know, I've got a studio in town. So I'll, you know, I, I usually walk in there in the morning to try and clear my head. I've got quite a noisy mind. So um, I take quite a bit of time to listen to music and, you know, look up and try and take things in. I mean, there's such a there's such a variety of things that I could be doing. I mean, and it, and it changes with the seasons because obviously I've just printed an issue about it's just arrived back from the printers about two and a half weeks ago so just now it's like packing orders and making sure that people know that the magazine is here and ready to buy um trying to you know promote the the feature girls that are in the magazine um you know speaking to retailers trying to get the distribution on the go um marketing social media um, I also run a collective um, of uh, creatives, so I'm always quite busy trying to pen in workshops for the, for the for the people in the group and other bits and bobs like book club and film screenings and all of those all of those things go on kind of behind closed doors because I mean, well, I guess for the collective is it's a doors closed organization, so we only open the doors for like a couple of months every year. And and so I don't really like to shout too much about what we're doing because I just get loads of messages saying, how can I join? And I'm like, ah, you can't until next year. So, <laughs> but then people are like, you really should be shouting about that because it's pretty, you know, it's a, a pretty cool arm of what you do. But yeah, we're opening up, uh, we're opening up doors in a, in a couple of weeks again, thankfully. So I kind of feel a little bit more uh, free and easy about sharing what we've been up to in there. I think that's lovely, like that you're sensitive to, to your readership and that you know everything yeah. that you share it's just totally authentic then you know you're not just yeah. putting stuff out in the world willy-nilly you're thinking about it and you're you know you're being conscious before you make any decisions yeah. because essentially this is yours I mean I think that the good thing is with the magazine and with the collective is that um you know I, I do feel like 
you know, I am quite a sensitive person. I'm, I don't feel like I'm the best person to like run a business. This was never my intention. Like I would hate to, I mean, I definitely am a natural business person. Um, you know, I have like mentors who help me with um, like the financial side of things because I'm just really horrible with numbers. Um, and yeah, I get a lot of support from my group, actually, you know, like we all support each other. So I really feel like I really feel like the authenticity is fed back to me because, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. I say that all the time, but it's so true. I feel really, really lucky to have sort of collected such a sweet bunch of people who support me and I enjoy supporting them as well. Um, so it's quite a unique bunch uh you know I I refer to us as like soft souls we're definitely not shouty shouty and we just quietly get on and do our thing we're there for making ourselves and um you know the people around us really happy we're not we're not here to hit the big time we're just you know we're just we're just looking for a balanced happy life love it and that idea of asking for advice and mentorship and it's not something I've really thought about of becoming a mentor or, or but certainly I have several people who probably don't know that they're mentors of mine. Do you have like from the collective and then outside of the collective like official and then unofficial mentors? I mean you might not want to name them here. <laughs> like, oh I didn't even know. Yeah, no, I do. Like honestly, I am uh like I have always been like a massive collector of people and I don't know how it happens, but like I don't know I just when when I really connect with someone I keep them you know <laughs> I feel like that like through every aspect of my business as well and um, you know when I'm sending out magazines to people even now where like this is essentially like the fifth issue and when I'm writing I always write like a thank you note and I I recognize names and addresses from people who have like ordered before and I'm like oh my god this person has ordered for me like so many times or they've ordered t-shirts and and I speak to them on like dm and I really feel like I I know I mean it's quite scary to think how how many of the community I, I feel like I know as like friends now and like for in in terms of mentors obviously like all the, all of the people in the group we help each other out so we're all peer mentoring each other and um, there are in the collective we do have mentors and um, sort of hand-picked people but normally they are um, people that I've worked with on features um, in the magazine a, a big part of the collective was to kind of bring the magazine pages to life and offer the offer the people that we feature a gate to the audience so that they can have that kind of chatty interaction and really sort of dig deeper into how they've managed to sort of achieve what they've achieved so I, I mean all of those everyone I meet is a bloody mentor man I'm the same like with this podcast the amount of amazing people like yourself I'm just fascinated by people and mm. their passions and just that drive to do something that you love and that's yeah. what amazes me by what you do because there's so much attention to detail that goes into that beautiful magazine like oh, you know even you. like reading your Instagram posts like everything is curated it feels like it really feels mm. a high quality you know it's thought provoking it's it's and it's also really like inspiring like oh, thank and that you. obviously you'll just be feeding off all those people and the, yeah. the people that you've collected over the years oh yeah definitely it's definitely like good vibes and I'm you know I'm one of those people I'm not a I'm not a massive fan like although I I owe I owe my entire business to social media um I'm not a massive fan of um the digital world um just personally for my own mental health I find it really imposing so I tend to only speak when I have something to say <laughs> which is I think it, for for me it's kind of like a like a coping mechanism. I'm not really I'm not a numbers focused person. I'm there just to sort of sh share what I'm up to and, and obviously things that I find interesting. And if other people like it, they like it. I'm I'm you know it's it's fine. Um, but yeah, I I do it does give me anxiety, uh, social media anxiety. Uh, I'm sure like people have heard me talk about this many times I rarely put my my face on uh, social media I, I hardly ever do sort of face to camera uh, stories or anything like that just because it's not 
I, I don't know. I'm just, it's just not me. I'm an introvert. I'm uncomfortable with people sort of, you know, fixing and looking at me. No, I totally, <laughs> um, I totally understand that. And yeah, I think there probably is an element of pressure that you put on yourself mm. to create content and um, yep. put yourself out there. Certainly, like, I know I know what you mean. Like, even with the podcast, like, you know, on Instagram and stuff, like, I'm constantly going, oh, like, oh, I haven't done a post with my face oh. on it for a while. Does that, yep. you know, are people, do, and then you do one and then you're like, do you want to look at your face or do they want to know oh my god I'm the exact same even in the editing of the podcast like I'll take me out oh no you absolutely shouldn't you shouldn't Lisa because it's you've got such a chatty manner I think that's refreshing in a podcast you're a big part of this you know this is your baby so oh that's kind you know I have no training in this so it was very much just like just do what feels right and that's what I went with and and trying to make it as polished as you can but also still keeping that element of like yeah. in it and just going well this isn't meant to be perfect this is just this is what it is. That's exactly, honest to God, that is exactly like me in the magazine. We, we, like, we started off as like a DIY zine, you know, and I always want to have that sort of feeling of like, Hannah's put a wrong page number in there, but do we tell her or not? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, like, one of my, my friends, like, who was on the podcast, she had put a post out yesterday and there was some typos in it. And then right. she got a post on to say that somebody had like messaged her, or several people I think had messaged her, but one person said they weren't following her anymore because of it. <gasps> what? Because a couple of typos? Aye, and I was like, you're actually kidding me. I mean, it's not, you know, it's Instagram, it's not The Guardian. <laughs> it's... <laughs> And you know, of course, that message going, that just makes you more of a human. And also, like, just unfollow. You don't have to, like, declare you're leaving. If you don't like it, just go. Aye, and that's the thing about social media and what you're saying. Like, certainly I've not had any, you know, negative throw my way. But being a dancer and being in that world, right. have had the old comments. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so I totally, I totally admire your kind of self-care in that, in that sense. Yeah. Like, you know, just doing what feels right and not putting yourself out there just because you well I mean like which like chatting the collective about social media and you know the first round of the collective we had um Sam Burgess who is an, an, an incredible social media expert and she was really geeing us all up and we were doing uh, Instagram story challenges and you know it was really really fun and after after it was kind of done the challenge was done people just kind of reverted back to their sort of introverted lives on social media and I think sometimes an introvert does need a reason to sort of put themselves out there and I think the collective does give you that accountability from the sort of social media uh, experts that we have is to to put yourself out there but um, if it's not your natural comfort zone you will just you'll go oh I did it and you'll have like a burst of enthusiasm for it and you'll realize because all your peers in the group are doing it at the same time it can be really fun and empowering you you know that you can do it but ultimately you don't want to do it all the time I think a lot of creatives are introverted and are um, uncomfortable in the limelight it's about like what you say it's about what they're putting out there not them themselves that's why in the collective we often talk about the other ways of marketing yourself and not to put all of your eggs in the basket of Instagram really it is it is a valuable tool but there are other the other platforms out there that would lend themselves probably better to artists and creatives such as Pinterest for example which is hugely valuable for for people in this line of work and that's the thing like it's giving yourself permission just to do what feels right at the time like the flip side of that is, you know, it's fine to come out your comfort zone and, you know, if your peers are doing it, you know, and you're doing some Instagram yeah. thing that you would normally do, that's great too, you know, and then revert back into your yep. shell and do, you know, do, do you, but that's okay too, that's not you selling out, that's not you changing who you are, you're just like, I'm just giving this a go, it's like trying on a new outfit in it, it's like, well, I wouldn't normally wear this, but I'll be a bash. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And also these things are always nice to have out there. Like what you say is you mentioned that you had um you sometimes think, Oh god, I've not put my face on the grid for such a long time. Maybe it's about time that I did. I mean, these things are great because you can revert back to those things when you're not feeling so brave. You can just reshare that into your stories and say, Hey, for the new followers around here, here's a post, an intro post that I done, you know, two months ago. 
so that's why it's, it is good to sort of catalog those things and, and go with your mood if you're feeling brave then yeah go for it and if you're not then don't but um yeah you can make it work for you definitely absolutely and that bravery does that extend into then reaching out to people to feature in the magazine to be involved because you know throughout this whole thing i'm like you've got so much work like the fact that you've done this podcast you've not got time to talk to me in a podcast hannah (laughs) (laughs) but that thing about reaching out to other people whether it be to do with the collective and asking people to come on board but also the artists and the creatives that you are obviously featuring in the magazine how do you go about finding those people and then getting them involved um well it's just it's basically like i do a lot i do a lot of reading i read a lot of magazines i read a lot of blogs um on a lot of newsletter lists just um sort of like for galleries and um sort of art groups and community groups and stuff like that i also love instagram for the you know as a consumer i love it and when it comes to sort of reaching out to people, I just I just get in touch with them. I just send them like a D if they're active on their on their Instagram stories or whatever, I just like pop in there or if they're represented by someone, I would just email. And it's always just a case of just asking. Most for the most part, in fact I've I don't think I've ever I've never had a negative response. I if for this issue, oh my god, I was like so excited to have Helen unskilled workers she's like my absolute hero like I love her so much it sounds ridiculous but um yeah I love her work so much and I came across Helen about two years ago and she's really active on Instagram stories or at least she was back then I know that she's um, made a conscious effort to kind of slow that down a little bit but um I had got in touch with her and said, oh my God, I love you. And I would really like my magazine. (laughs) She came back and she was like, she was so sweet. She went, hey, Hannah, like, I'm really busy just now. She was uh, doing a collaboration with uh, Gucci at the time. Well, as you do. I know, casual. Who who the fuck did I think I was getting in touch with her as well? I was like, oh, absolutely. (laughs) And so I think, yeah, she was a little bit restricted at that point at that period of time just because of the campaign that she was working on she went but uh, you know give me a shout in the future and then it was like January or something this year and I it came into my mind I was like oh my god you're printing your first issue how cool would it be if you had your like dream girl in there so I literally just hopped on to Instagram sent her a DM and she 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 basically just sent me her phone number and said yeah call me anytime and I was like oh my god yeah and I thought oh my god and I was saying to my like studio buddy Nick I was like I I I cannot believe that she said that how I need to buy some time because I feel like she's being so laid back about all that she's just expecting me to call her now and like do an interview and I'm not prepared and I'm not ready so um yeah so I, I think I bought myself like 24 hours uh, time and then uh, called her up and and basically came back into the studio. I, I spoke to her outside in the lane round the back of my studio, and then burst out crying because I was so overwhelmed. She was just she was just really warm, and I knew that she would be, which is so ridiculous. I knew she would be because I've been following her for such a long time. But yeah, it's just that idea that you put you know try as you may not to you put people up in a pedestal and you see them doing their thing, oh, and, and people will do that with you, Hannah. That's the thing. You know, people will be looking at you going, Hannah is so badass, like she's <laughs> totally doing her thing, she's amazing. Like that will be happening, oh 100%. People just build you up and they decide in their head that you're up in this pedestal. And then you know yourself, we're just all the same. We're just, we're just we are. doing our thing, just trying yeah. to do the right thing. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but it's lovely when, you know, obviously, you know, those people that you do admire and they are like a total, you are like a total fan of them. They come into your life and they're just exactly how you would want them to be, how you imagined they would be. Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, it is inspiring because you, when you speak to these people, you do realise how, just how normal they are. And, you know, you know, with Helen, she's, she's only been doing it for like seven or eight years. She, she lived a whole life before being, you know, a, a renowned artist. And I think that that is like so fascinating. She brought up her kids solo and 
um, I think there was just a lot of her story that kind of resonated with me and, and to see what she's achieved in just, you know, a few years sort of in her 40s has given me like massive sort of boost of you're on the right track like you're doing absolutely fine like just keep keep just keep doing your thing that's the thing like yeah you can I think when you are a creative and you're just constantly asking questions aren't you questions of yourself yeah. and questions about your work you can you say they're on the noise that's in your head mm. <laughs> so mm. sometimes you have to like take stock of like what have I achieved like that's great look at what where we are and what I've done to this point and yeah thankful for that and be appreciative of yourself going like that's great I've done that you know just to quiet that noise for a second and not constantly going am I doing the right thing oh my goodness is this is this going to work is this this a good idea or am I just being you know certainly with this podcast it is a passion project but I'm constantly going what's the point of this is it you know people care does it matter if people care yeah exactly but people do care people do care lisa and and it does you know i guess to to us it does matter if people care as well you know as much as we we like to believe that we're doing it as a project of passion we wouldn't be able to do it without our readers or listeners you know so it is it's like a it is a collaborative effort you know and it's um kind of feeding we, we feed each other the sort of reader listener maker a relationship. There have been so many creatives that you have came into contact with and worked with and featured mm-hmm. in the magazine um, from all walks of life in terms of like the art form. So you, you know, obviously you were speaking about an artist there, but what other art forms have featured in the magazine? Like even in you know this particular issue. Um, we have in this issue we have you know artists. We've got filmmaker Erica who is um, currently with me in this year's collective. She's absolutely amazing she directed and produced a short film called the win which is a sort of investigative like diary almost of different types and different opinions on feminism and which we actually screened in the group on I think it was Tuesday night there and it was lovely because we all got together and watched it on a link and then she hosted a Q&A her and the producer Mila, which was really really nice. So we've got so we had Erica, um, we have Fidget, the Glasgow-based tattoo artist um, and founder of Drowning Girls Club. Um, so that was a really interesting piece. We've got screen printers, writers, obviously art artists. We've got well-established artists to artists who have just graduated to artists who have never been to art school in their life. A photographer, Kirsty McLaughlin, Scottish-based photographer, who's fantastic, done a sort of review of her her favourite images and shoots over the past few years, which was really sweet, sort of intro and soft intro into the the main pages of the magazine. So yeah, it's a really it's a really good diverse mix. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, just and like you're saying, just all walks of life in terms of experience as well. Yeah. There's that idea that there's one pathway, and there, there's yes. the more I talk to people, there really isn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's no right age to start, as you said earlier when you were chatting about asking young people, like, what is it that you want to do when you're, like, when you're bigger. And you were like, I don't even know what I want to do. I'm the exact same. I'm like, have I fixed on this as like a definite career path? I'm like, obviously enjoying it just now, but things change, you know? And Yeah, 100%. And the thing is, like, talking to all these creative people, you'll be the same. Like, somebody tells me about what they do, and I'm like, I want to do that. I, honest <laughs> to God, I am the exact same. At the beginning of lockdown, I was like, I'm going to be a florist. I was like, ordering all this florist shit from Amazon. And then I was ordering jewelry making kits and honest to god I've tried everything and the thing is is that I love it all but then something else comes along and I'm like I'm gonna give that a bash now <laughs> but you can have you know many plates spinning it's not that oh she doesn't know what to do mm. it's like no no you just have very many interests and many skills that you've been able to develop that's the joy of being yeah. employed and working in different industries and meeting different people that you just do develop skills and um yeah I mean if you can do more than one thing then and you want to why not exactly I'm the honestly like I feel like I you know I sat the other day in a sort of workshop with um one of the girls who's going to be coming on board to sort of help me out in the next well moving forward actually and we were trying to balance out like what what we're both good at and you know I, I 
it was quite amazing when I was writing down the things that I can do because I was like I didn't until I've written it down here I actually didn't realize that you know I can like build websites and I can do copywriting for people and I can you know obviously graphic design and things like that and it's, it's just things that I've been working on because like the world of freelance and the world of running a small business moves so quickly you don't ever stop to take stock of what you're actually achieving in a day yeah and and every you know every so often something new gets added to the list like I was so delighted at the beginning of lockdown when I discovered how to make a, a gif I was like oh my god I can make a gif like that was like <laughs> I'm still so cheesing about that I'm like will somebody please endorse me on LinkedIn for my gif making skills but yeah no it's just it's all of these little things and it's a lot of YouTube and a lot of trial and error and a lot of like you know asking for advice but you do eventually get there and yeah more so than you would in any normal job that's the thing and it is like it's just figuring it out and like you say you know falling down a rabbit hole of youtube videos or whatever or just asking the question Mm. and and just making it happen like just giving it a bash and making it happen and working on these skills and i I, I totally admire what you're doing i think it's awesome rebranding the magazine from she is fierce obviously that's the the magazine that i was gifted so obviously that would have been a big decision for you but what was the thinking behind it and how did you go about doing that yeah well i actually never liked the name so when i when i started the magazine like as i said right at the beginning was it was like a like a post uni project it actually initially was launched um for teenage girls and that was purely because i'd kind of swayed on my dissertation whether to do like an a, an in-depth dive into like the problematic content of teenage girls magazines at the time or to go into sort of to look at the sort of business it was the business models of independent magazine slash mainstream magazine publishing which I ultimately ended up doing but I always had this kind of like niggling thing that 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 thought that seed about the teenage girls magazine had been left unfinished so I think that was why I was like oh I think you know there's definitely like a gap in the market and like I've got a kid and I feel like I would be able to sort of access a lot of sort of parents who might potentially want their kids to be part of this or teenagers to be a part of this so that was kind of where the first issue came from and after that after the the first big issue came um, the feedback was from a lot of the parents who'd bought for their kids or their daughters was this this is like really interesting the content in here is really really interesting you're talking about artists you're talking about the creative industries it's interesting for a 14 year old it's also interesting for a 40 year old it's inspiring and so like why not just drop drop the teenage and just put it out there for anyone of any age and that's essentially what I did so it kind of moved on from the the first issue but I the name the name should have changed at that point I think um, and it never did. And it really bugged me, Lisa, like, because I hate, I really lost the love for it so soon after, like, the first issue. And I had this thing about, like, I guess, like, failure. I thought people might think it was a bit of a failure if I just changed it after one issue. I don't know if it's, like, a, the wee bit of, like, the OCD in me, but I thought finishing on four issues pushing through to the fourth issue kind of feels like spring summer autumn winter and then it's done issue one was beautiful but it was it was very much geared at the teenage audience then issue two is still one of my favorite issues today and I just thought for the people who are religiously buying these and religiously supporting me and the magazine I could just imagine them on the shelf and I thought it's going to look shite with two they need four of them and then I can rebrand so it just kind of pushed through <laughs> that took me so <laughs> sense to me like I'm just laughing because I'm like this is the, this is the stuff that I thought this is I feel like we have some oh my god yeah I mean <laughs> I, I think this is the first time I've ever actually said that out loud but sometimes I say these things out loud like decisions that I make in the dance trip and I'll say to the girls well I think we should do that one and then we should maybe dance that one before you go and you can see them just going you have your own yeah. theory and we will just go with that because <laughs> you've got a little bit of mind but really we think that maybe else is really going to notice or whatever but that's just that's the thing like it's important to you 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like it, it would just annoy me otherwise. And I know it's just, you know, to other people, as you say, they've probably never ever considered the fact that, you know, they've got four issues of a title or of a magazine with a title that the editor doesn't even like the, the name of it. But um, you know, at least they look nice in a little stack. And and that was why um after the first issue she is fierce the masthead she is fierce kind of disappeared into the top right corner so it was like really small and I focused on the theme of the magazine like was sort of more emblazoned across the center of of the cover <laughs> but yeah so eventually um eventually decided to uh, take the leap and rebrand that was kind of at a similar time to me leaving my job I kind of felt like I was like shedding shedding a skin if you like and I thought if I'm going to if I'm going to do it if I'm leaving my job, and I'm giving it like yaldi, then I need to and it needs to feel comfortable. And I do not want that name. Like I hate when people go oh, or when I go to an event and it says on my badge Hannah Taylor, she is fierce, and people go you are fierce or do you know what I mean? Oh, so <laughs> I can just read your <laughs> just read your thought process. <laughs> But like, yeah, I love how you just like totally committed to that till the fourth one. You were like, this in my mind makes absolute sense. Yeah. And it, it seems very timely, obviously, you you leaving your job and making the decision to rebrand. And that all seems like, yeah, that was totally amazing. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, like the audience had grown up with me, I felt like as well. And it just felt right. It, she is Fierce was definitely a, a jacket that had got far too small for us. And we needed to go and get ourselves like a nice, decent, new coat that reflected who we were um and, and that's when delicate rebellion kind of came to life what a beautiful name it is for a beautiful publication oh uh, thank you i still love it like i i i'm so happy because you know it, it could have went horribly wrong because i was pretty set on another name <laughs> before that and it, i was like yeah i've totally got it like this is what i'm going to call it and then i kind of floated it with one of my pals um and she was like, oh, are you sure? And I was like, oh, my God, now I'm not sure. And I'd lived with it for, like, months as well. And I was like, oh, and just that just totally made me think, God, that's so not right. I'm so glad that I said it out loud to Laurie. Like, I was so – because I, I actually thought I was doing the right thing by just holding it in and keeping it in my head. And I'm so glad that that happened. That's, that's the thing, though. Sometimes you do just need to put something out there to like even if it is just to one person like always think of um, who wants to be a millionaire like who you know your phone a friend mm-hmm. option and like who your person is that you quote ideas by or you just say things out loud and then their input or their take on something can just totally sway your thought process you're like oh didn't think that Right, cool. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's something to be said for like, I think because I'm a single mum as well, a lot of my decisions, I, I mean, when I look back on my time, you know, as an editor, a lot of my decisions <laughs> um, have come at the advice of, you know, like a, a, a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, a now 14-year-old girl. So... Um, <laughs> what does she make of the magazine? What does she make of it all? Does she get involved? Does she always putting her ideas in or is she just like that's just mom's thing yeah I think when she was younger she loved being involved like she helped me sort of like design sort of pins and come up with um you know some of the pictures in the backgrounds of like issues one to four is Sky's pictures like just like pictures of like her like little dog Martins and they're really really subtle throughout it but it was just because we wanted to create that kind of like patchwork feel so I would let her sort of place images and um but now that she's you know 14 she doesn't really give a shit you know she does she you know she'll come down to the studio and she helps me pack orders which she quite enjoys and like for example last night we were sitting painting key rings we've got like some new merch coming so she was helping me sort of file them down and so there's there's definite things that she she will get involved with but most of the time she just kind of rolls her eyes and says yeah mum oh she's lovely she is she's such a good kid she you know she does support me but you can tell that she's really not in the room <laughs> but I think it's like you know whether she realizes it or not is massively massively inspiring for her as a young person to see I her hope mom so. totally doing her thing 
and working our backside off. But it is a passion as well. I think a lot of people are not able to to have something in their life that is totally theirs, whether it be a hobby or whether it be their their life's work. And um, when they become a parent, it's just like understandably putting yeah. food on the table and just doing it. Sometimes doing a job you don't want to do. And um, I, I love to see adults doing something that they love. Um, because I think it is massively inspiring for, for the people in the life. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, there was a point when we done issue um, issue one, we worked with a stylist called Vicky on a feature, and Sky obsessed over her for such a long time. She was going to be a fashion stylist, and that's all she was going to be. And she used to, like, style me, and it was all you know it was really really fun but now that she's kind of she she moved up to high school a couple of years ago and I feel like I do feel nervous because obviously you know what we were chatting about earlier about the influence on uh, Instagram social media influence of big brothers and sisters for example I do kind of feel that she's kind of losing that drive to be different but you know like kids these days are from what I've seen they are they're really clued up they're they're much more mature than I was at their age I have got no doubt that the world is in good hands with these kids because they're driven they're political they are concerned with like their communities and yeah you know as 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 distant as they may seem sometimes I think social media has played a big part in them being you know more involved humans you know I work with young people but you know they're not my sole responsibility but I definitely feel the magnitude of just holding space for young people. Um, As a mum, I totally understand that concern, you know, just as she grows up, that she basically finds something that she is passionate about and just finding your thing and doing it and doing it well and, you know, spinning all the plates and your heats up your jumper sometimes, but it's, you know, and people are appreciating it and getting something from it. I understand that massively and, I think, yeah, whether she's conscious of it, it's definitely, um, it'll be definitely shaping her into a good human, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope so, I hope so. (laughs) So, dreams and aspirations for the Delicate Rebellion. Yeah, I mean, I think I just like to see sort of like the continued success of our print pages because they, although they make me absolutely zilcho money, it is my passion and it is what I love doing and you know it it does give me the opportunity to sort of express myself whereas you know I mentioned I'm not always that good at doing that in real life but yeah it's my place of comfort you know and I I really hope that the pages kind of um are seen by more people because I feel like they I feel like the stories in there are worthy of more eyes and then I guess for the collective it's become another baby for me you know I love it I'm um, fiercely protective of the the people that I have in my group and try very hard to sort of support and promote them as best I can and and yeah so I'm looking forward to developing that this year we've made quite a lot of changes um, in the pipeline obviously we're launching in a couple of weeks so we're, we're just in the final sort of stages of finessing our offering but nothing really is changing apart from the price point I just feel like the first couple of years I I was really nervous to offer something like that you know um, it's so far removed from what I'm used to sort of running a, an in real life community obviously I keep bloody saying it but you know I am an introvert so it isn't a place of comfort for me to be at the helm of a group like that but the the type of people that we attract is it, they're, they're they're just like me so we do work at a, a a more gentle pace and and there's never any expectation for people to take part in anything that they don't feel comfortable in everything is very much an active choice and um, I work with some brilliant freelancers who um sort of help me take on the, the parts that I don't feel that I can do um, confidently just you know because of my own underlying confidence issues um, but together we make a really great team so in that hand we are we're able to offer more spaces this year whereas I don't, I've always capped it at quite a quite a small number so we're looking at um, opening up to more people this year and and yeah and just finding a bit more balance and that's that's really all you know Lisa just you know after we're out the other side of this pandemic more in real life events because I love them and it really does fill me up and make me feel capable again you know whereas sometimes it's easy to get stuck in your own head and sort of questioning your own 
your own path and then you see other people doing amazing things and you're like no this is cool we're all doing our own thing and it's it's fine yeah and I, I totally get what you're saying because like it is just refueling the tank being around other mm-hmm. people and just like even if it's just sitting back quietly and just observing them do their thing in whatever mm-hmm. capacity yeah it, it definitely helps me and like thank goodness for the podcast because it just allows me to to get new pals that are creative and get inspired in that <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, I'm going to take you on very quickly, if you don't mind, to what I call the thingamabobs. Okay. Best gig you've ever been to? Um, probably uh, Radiohead at Opener a couple of years ago. Amazing. Cool. Are you, are you an avid gig goer normally? Uh, I love a festival. Like being a single mum, it's hard to get out to sort of regular gigs, but um, I try and get to a couple of festivals a year just because it, it gets it all out my system. So, What's your biggest hit? oh people eating loudly it's one of the worst things ever like I think because I'm quite tired all the time I don't sleep that well <laughs> and so I'm always on like I'm, I'm I would say I've got a short fuse but only with certain people you know like my family <laughs> who are all who all happen to be loud eaters by the way um <laughs> like for god's sake shut your mouth <laughs> And um, the last question that I do ask everybody this one is, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Uh, oh, I think it might be, and it's one that I never actually use, but I just really like it, Hodger Wheesht. It's a good one. You did say another one earlier on. You said Yaldi. I heard myself saying that and I thought, oh God, that sounds really uncool. Like, do people even say Yaldi anymore? <laughs> You're bringing it back. You're bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, this has been an absolute joy. I could speak to you for another hour, but I know you're a very busy person. And I wish you all the best with everything that is ahead of you. I think you're doing amazing work. And um, you are a total champion of the arts and creatives. And um, just keep fighting the good fight. You're doing great stuff. Oh, thanks, Lisa. You too. You too. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.